0: Welcome to Mahogany Moms Podcast. My name is Dr. Rochelle Whitaker, but you can call me Dr. Shell. I'm here to provide support and education on all things motherhood. Join me every other Wednesday for encouragement, inspiration and information as we delve into health, mental and physical, education, money and everything else that comes with this motherhood journey. Hi everyone, I am Dr. Rochelle Whitaker, educational psychologist, mental health therapist, My company, Providential Counseling and Consulting, specializes in maternal mental health, and I am doing a series on motherhood, and so we'll be talking to different moms about mothering differently, the unconventional, non-traditional mothering. Today, I have a good friend of mine, Toya, and she's going to be talking to us about mothering um, a child with a disability, and so I'm going to bring her on in and let her introduce herself and tell us more about her.
1: I'm a mom, a mom of five, a wife, I'm a school psychologist, a woman, of course, before all that, but those are the things that really define me, being a a mom of five, a wife of uh, 14 years, we have a blended family, we have five boys from five to almost 20, so we have them from ABCs to SATs and beyond, (laughs) Um, yeah, and I'm I'm pretty busy, but um, I'm enjoying life.
0: So we're talking tonight about mothering specifically, you know, children with a disability or child with a disability. But we can also talk about being a mom of five boys. Right. Or being a mom of a blended family, because those are (laughs) separate things, too. Um, But Mm -hmm. just tell us about your your family. Tell us about how you came into school psychology. Just tell us a little bit about who you are.
1: Okay, the children that my husband and I have together, the the in-house boys, what we say, we call them the first set of boys and the second set of boys, Uh, they are 5, 10, and 11, and then I have two bonus sons, my step-sons, who live in Houston, and they are 17 and um, nearly 20, he'll be 20 um, next week, so Jackson is my son, who um, is on the autism spectrum, he's my Going to be 12-year-old, he is the one who actually piqued my interest in school psychology. I have a background in speech, love speech, love working with children with disabilities, loved working with families. I did um, home health for a long time and just loved being in the thick of families, being able to see the day-to-day and help families and children with more functional type of uh, behavior goals and speech goals. So that kind of piqued my interest in said, okay, what can I do to kind of address disabilities before I guess when parents initially have the interest because I worked more with pediatric patients and so that a lot of times I had parents who so well, you know I know my kid my kiddo is speech impaired but I'm having concerns or I would notice concerns and that just piqued my interest in you know kind of being able to assess these potential disabilities and get children as much intervention as much distance as we could. That's how I got started into school psychology. Yeah, and that's about my boys who all play different sports. Some are in the sports, some are in the robotics. They all eat everything. They all have that in common. They're eating everything. And yeah, they're fun. I just, our family's fun when we're together. So it's never a dull moment.
0: So tell us about your path to motherhood. What did that look like? So I know you have two older bonus sons. I don't know where you want to start, with them or with Jackson? Because he's the oldest, right? He's 11.
1: Right, he's the oldest. Um, so the older boys, when my husband and I married, were two and four. So they were like my my first children, my first hands on experience of being a mom. I think it was kind of kind of a cheat a little bit because it was you know every other weekend kind of mom, and it was more easy breezy than it is in real life when you have your own full time children. And they were, you know, really tame tame kids, good boys. But then again, you know, when you have them every other weekend or holidays, you know, I got a lot of leisure time and, you know, got to go to the bathroom by myself and all of those things that, you know, the lovely things that come along with with motherhood. When my husband and I, after we've been married a couple of years, we decided to start trying, you know, to start our family together and got pregnant right away with Jackson when I was, oh gosh, I was 26. And Jackson, we had a traumatic birth with Jackson, and so he endured some stress at birth with the NICU for a little while, and some brain abnormalities after all of his testing and MRI and CAT scans and all those things. And the neurologist just always told us, you know, it's not substantial enough for us to say that he's brain damaged at this point and what that may look like. You just have to keep an eye on it, which is scary, because as a new mom, it's like, okay, what, what am I looking for? And so that would just always kind of hung over our heads. Like we have this, you know, this seemingly healthy baby and we would just always wait for the other shoe to drop. And so Jackson developed normally, met different milestones. He was a little bit slower to talk, but at a year, we, you know, he didn't expect his child to say a whole lot. He wasn't saying as much as some of the other, you know, children were saying, but, you know, they always say boys are slower talkers. But when he was closer to two, we noticed some more concerning signs for autism. And that's when we kind of started our journey to getting him evaluated. And that was another two year journey just to get him evaluated and appropriately diagnosed with autism. He was nearly four. So, so it was a not typical start to, you know, motherhood once I started, you know, had my own biological kiddo. So it was definitely interesting. (laughs)
0: And so, how were how did you manage all of that? Like, as a new mom, how did you know how to navigate that whole? You were feeling like something else was going on with him. How did you navigate that? Where did how did you know to go to where to go to find resources or what to do?
1: That um, all came from my training in speech. I was going to school for speech um, at the same time, so it was happening um, at the same time, and it was literally studying developmental disorder, studying childhood apraxia of speech, studying the red signs for autism, because I had no idea what autism was. Mm. And then literally like seeing, um, he slapped his hands. Oh, he's doing this repetitively. Oh, he slowed his speech. So it was literally just like kind of comparing the two mm. and then saying, Oh, um, I think this is what could be wrong. Um, you know, with my son and my husband just thought I was crazy. And he's like, no, you know, you're just, you're taking what the neurologist said and going off the deep end with it. And, and so at any rate, I just, I read everything that I could get my hands on, you know, consulted with my professors at the time, you know, just saying, you know, this is what I thought was going on. I talked to our pediatrician. We signed up for the early childhood program. I forget the name of the early childhood program we signed up for. But at that time, they were even just like, no, you know, he's one, he's fine. Um. Well, they said that at one then when I had them come back when he was closer to two they were like oh okay so they were kind of the first ones who were saying no it's not all in your head you know we see some of the same same concerns and so I just kind of struck out on that journey alone because my husband didn't want to have anything to do with it he's just like I'm not buying into this you know he's very spiritual so it's more about you know prayer and manifesting you know positive things and it was real, a lot of, I think, the male ego and, you know, not my son, this can't be my boy, and those types of things. And so I, am you know, have the same idea, but, I'll, you know, with that works is dead. So on the other hand, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. do something, you know, while we're trying to to figure out how to help our, our son. So it was tough. I didn't, I feel like I didn't get a chance to enjoy as much and kind of enjoy being a new mom because I was just, I leapt straight into, I guess, I just went to work I just I had to figure it out and just you know went to work I knew something was wrong there had to be addressed so
0: so the good thing for you is that you had like a almost like an insider I want to say like an insider perspective because there's so many moms who have children with disabilities and you know their doctors tell them oh just wait it's nothing wrong he's a boy he's you know boys develop slower And she's like, something is telling her that something is wrong, but everybody else, maybe her family, saying, no, he's fine. And then so she just leaves it alone because she doesn't know what else to do, right? She doesn't have that insider perspective or she doesn't have, you know, she's not going to school at the same time for speech or something dealing with developmental disorders. So she just left thinking, okay, well, maybe he's fine and I'll just leave it alone. Maybe I'm just being, you know, overzealous. And so then it it comes to school time and it's like, Oh gosh, we're so behind the eight ball because everybody was telling me he's fine and he could have been getting all these interventions and he wasn't because I didn't know what to do and you know. So right. you know, it was definitely a good thing that you had that other perspective. You had something to say. Oh, all of these things look like this, you know.
1: Right. For sure, that was that was a blessing because otherwise, and if we, it was a blessing also that the neurologist was honest, you know, with us because had we not had. All of the information at the time, we we could have been that could have been the case for us, not really realizing things until it's too late. But until things had progressed more. Mm
0: -hmm. So, okay, we know that motherhood has highs and lows, right? So, talk to me about some highs and some lows that you've had, or that you've experienced, or that you are experiencing as a mom.
1: (laughs) Oh gosh, let's see, highs and lows. I guess one of the big highs for me has then just being able to provide stability for our kids. I didn't have that growing up. And so that was always major for me as a mom to just provide a, some, a stable, loving, nurturing home for my kids where they felt safe. So that's one of the highs just being able to look at my kids and know that they're just kids. They don't, they don't have the worries that I had as a child, um, the worries. I see some of my students that I work with that they have, um, you know, my kids are not just, They're just living their best lives right now. And I I love that for them. So that is a high for me and an accomplishment. The lows, realizing that our son had a disability was, was a low, even though, you know, he is an awesome, awesome, awesome kid. And we were able to get him a lot of intervention or he's progressed a lot. It was devastating as parents. And it's, it's kind of like a grief cycle. It's, we cycle through just realizing some of the things that he may not get to experience in life. You know, we all have different ideas and expectations for our children and having to change those expectations. It's, it's tough. It's tough. And so um, it is a low, even though we know we don't stay there too long, trying to figure out how to balance motherhood and work and personal life and everything. It can be a low sometimes. Sometimes it's just like in my, failing at everything, you know, everything's it's just those weeks or days that go by where it's like the kids don't like dinner and the house is a mess and, you know, you're behind on work and your hair's a mess and you just feel like nothing's ever nothing's going right and you take it really, really, really personal, even though everyone's probably, you know, like whatever, you're just going on with their life. So I think it's really is a reality for a lot of moms. But I think I take it pretty hard. And so just learning how to to balance that is something that kind of, you know, it's mm-hmm. something that kind of ebbs and flows.
0: Yeah, We'll be right back with more of today's episode of the Mahogany Moms Podcast. Are you a mom feeling overwhelmed, stressed by your day-to-day task? We have just the theme. Burps, fibs and Breakdowns is a journal with filling prompts, checklists to make sure mom is taking care of herself, and tips sprinkled throughout from other moms. This is the perfect journal for moms of one or moms of many. To order a journal today, go to mahoganymomspodcast.com or click on the link in the show notes. Now let's dive back into the show. Do you think that having a child with a disability makes balancing that much harder or is it just about
1: is it really just the same it's it's much more challenging I know that some of the challenges that I have my friends who have children um, even of similar ages they don't have the same challenges that I have for instance summer camp Um, you know summer camps that uh, my my friends children can attend they just have all of these options we don't have as many options we have to have so many more considerations for our son to make sure that his needs are accommodated, even like attending certain events. He, luckily, Jackson doesn't have a lot of sensory challenges anymore. But before, it was, you know, can we, you know, it, we, can we go to this birthday party? Can we go to this outing? We had to just take time and plan things out in order to um, accommodate, you know, his needs. And so every, it's that extra layer of consideration for us, consideration for the kids and consideration for him. So it's definitely, definitely more challenging. We have to be more creative with some things.
0: Okay. So I think I think that's, I'm glad that you're, that, you know, we're talking and you're talking, you know, you're talking openly about, you know, some of the challenges that you have had to deal with, because I think there are lots of moms who don't, they just kind of suffer in silence and just say, well, I mean, it's challenging, but nah, I'll just, you know, I'll figure it out. That's what I do not necessarily talking about it and so part of the reason why i wanted to do this is one so that moms know that all moms struggle kind of normalizing our experiences and then to, to know that it's okay to say hey it's a struggle it's hard you know okay. and some motherhood roles are harder than others i think you know with you in particular having a son with a disability they're adding things that you have to do right because jackson i don't know if he still does but i would imagine at some point he had specialists that he had to see and so that's something right. you have to build into your calendar. And you have other kids, so you're having to do that and deal with their stuff. So that's a lot of negotiating.
1: Right, right. It, it is for sure. Um, and it's, it was, it's something now that our family is, is accustomed to, Jackson's younger brothers. The five-year-old isn't always quite sure why Jackson is why he's different, mm-hmm. and so it's difficult to explain to a five-year-old, we always say that, we don't say that he has a disability. We don't even really name autism for him. We just say Jackson's brain works differently than yours because every moment he'll say, well, mom, why does Jackson do this? Or why does Jackson do this? Or he'll mimic something and I'll have to say, well, no, you're not supposed to do that. And he'll say, well, you know why? It's, you know, Jackson, he's doing it and it's his big brother, so he's just modeling. No, he's mimicking rather. And so that, you know, something that we have to keep in mind Levi who's in the middle now that he's 10 he has a very good grasp on um on autism and kind of why Jackson's mannerisms are different he's very protective which is which is a blessing um, because I always worry about that even within our I worry about children and other people being discriminatory towards Jackson or bullying him Mm -hmm. out in the world but I definitely want it to happen in my own house and so just making sure that, you know, his brothers are a united front with protecting Jackson, but also just still realizing that y'all are just kids. You know, you don't have to be mm-hmm. little daddies. You don't have, you know, you're just, you're just kids. And so not putting too much pressure on them, but just making sure that, hey, if you're out, you know, if you're out in the Chick-fil-A playground or something, you see Jackson struggling or a kid not being not so nice, um, try to stick up, you know, for your brother, but then, you know, bring it to my attention and go back and play. So just trying to find, That balance to make sure that our family is, that they don't feel so much of the stress.
0: So what do you wish someone would have told you about
1: motherhood? Really how hard it was. I feel like if, I think our mothers think that if they tell us how hard motherhood is that they won't get grandchildren, that we'll just be like, no, I'm good, I'm good. It's always just, when are you having grandbabies? They know how hard this was. Mm -hmm. They knew. Mm -hmm. They knew. (laughs) I wish that someone had told me that it's okay to feel like you don't have it figured out, you know, That is like, like, that it's okay. Because I think that my mom, my grandmothers, my aunts, they always put up this, you know, strong woman and mm-hmm. the strong, not just strong, but strong black woman, you know, front that everything was okay. Um, and even, even with, uh, within like their relationships and marriages and kind of seeing how that they navigated that, like I never really had a, a good, honest and, I guess, realistic expectation of how to manage that and what that looked like. And so I wish someone just would have been honest about, and it's okay to feel to feel like you're feeling. You don't have to figure it all out. Sometimes these kids are just bad and it's not your fault. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that it's, it's okay. It's okay to take breaks. It's okay to reach out without feeling weak. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to ask, ask for advice and that you can't just pray everything away and it's okay to cry and it's okay to let your kids see you be vulnerable because they need to they need to see that because that's life and it teaches them how to deal with varying emotions I think I went into it with oh it's going to be different for me and you know I'm oh and then I was like oh well <laughs> <this was tough. laughs> you yeah I'm like in the closet, you know, with cupcakes, rocking back and forth. Nobody told me it was going to be this hard, you know? So, but, you know, yeah.
0: I so agree with you. Um, We had a conversation with um, like my mom and my aunt and we were like, why didn't you all tell us? Like,
1: and they were just looking at us like,
0: like, what were you thinking? And I'm like, it didn't seem, it seemed seamless. It seemed like. Um, yeah. but I mean, of course you're, you're, you know, your parents don't talk to you about what they're experiencing internally, but what we saw looked like they had it all together. So there was no reason for us to think any differently. And they were like, right. it's hard, you know, and a lot of things fall to, to the mom. And so, you know, as I, you know, I have kids too. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like you said, nobody tells you that it's okay to some days not have the answers or to like take a break. Like, okay, maybe you right. need a vacation, right? <laughs> you just need a break. Right. Refresh.
1: For sure. Yeah.
0: For sure. Yes, kids. Okay, so do you think mothering for you, um, specifically with the child with a disability, is different as an African-American woman?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. The... Conversations that we have with our son, because of course we're just aware of what happens in the world, we're aware of discrimination and police brutality and being treated differently and inequality. With our older children, we have constant conversations with them, age-appropriate conversations, you know, when they became teenagers about how to conduct themselves when they're in public, how to conduct themselves if they're pulled over by police. Why they can't wear baggy pants, why they can't, you know how they're how they're perceived, and you know the the unfairness of it all, but the reality of it all. And so those are just candid conversations that we have with them in our conversations with the the little ones, I've had to have conversations about why children of other races, Didn't want to play with my son one time on the playground. I literally had to say, stop chasing those little boys around. They don't want to play with you. And he's like, well, no, they do. We're playing. We're playing together. And I'm like, no, they're running away from you. So just kind of having to, and that hurt my heart, you know, just having to open his eyes at that young of an age. To what's happening, is definitely something that no parent wants to do, but it's parents, the more African American parents, do have to do things like that so that our our children um, are prepared, you know, for the world. So it's definitely different for sure.
0: And, so, and this question might kind of is kind of similar, but I was going to ask you, what have you found to be different, um, mothering as a mom of a child with a disability? Do you, you know, there are, you said there are some challenges. Do you find there to be some differences?
1: Absolutely. Um, There are just having to approach things differently. Um, Jackson doesn't have the same. He wants to do things that he doesn't realize he can't do. So I guess he doesn't realize what his limitations are all the time. And so that's different. Um, And even though it's like things that you would expect an almost 12-year-old boy to be able to do, he has to do with assistance, he doesn't like to get assistance all the time. But he doesn't understand why we're a little bit more, um, I guess, handsy with him and, tech, you know, just, he he doesn't get it and he doesn't, he's not able to voice his discontent with it, but he'll sure give us a look, <laughs> like, really, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Um, so just kind of learning how, how and when and if it's appropriate to give him more independent things to do. Um, and to just give him some respect, I'll just, I'll give you an example. I would help him brush his teeth often just to make sure that I got in all the nooks and crannies. And that was up until he was, I don't know, I did it up until last year, really. Not every night, but just every, every, well, a couple of times a week, you know, I would get in there. because I would be like, breathe in my face. is was like, woof. no, let mama get in there, and, you know. <laughs> and so, he started to like turn his back to me. And I just thought he was being silly. I'm like, why are you turning your back? Well, he couldn't tell me, I don't want you to brush my teeth for me. Like, I want to do it myself. And so I realized after so many times of him, like, literally giving me the cold shoulder, oh, he doesn't want me to do this for him. And so I had to to model more and, you know, show more, well, I know you want to do this by yourself. set a timer, you're going to have to, you know, spend this much time on the bottom of your mouth and this much time on the top. This is the way you're going to have, you know, to do it appropriately. And he did it. I didn't think that he could do it, but he did. And so, um, you know, just, you know, those types of things, but being able to stop and pay attention to the nuances um, is, is, it's different. It's much more different than, at least much more different than my friends expressed to me about their kids they could have some of the same you know challenges but yeah for for sure every we, we put much more thought into into things with him
0: does that trickle down to like your younger sons not necessarily putting in more thought but because you you know have to break things down for Jackson then do you automatically do that for your other two
1: no, my expectations are a little bit higher for them. I hold them to, especially the middle one, I hold him to a much higher standard than I do the other two brothers because of the two, um, you know, he's older than the five-year-old and just more cognizant of certain things than his brother. And so it's like, if I'm telling your brother, you're reminding Jackson to put deodorant on, I don't expect to remind you to put deodorant on. Like, you know, you know how many swipes. Like, so you shouldn't be musty because you already know. If I have to help your brother, like, and that's something that we're kind of going through, especially since it's summer. And it's, I'm like, they just, oh my gosh, it smells. And they'll just walk past me. And I'm like, y'all have got to be kidding me. <laughs> but with Jackson because he's out of his routine, it's like, okay, I understand. But with labor, no. <laughs> so the, the expectations and the standards are, are definitely different.
0: Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to share with other moms you'd like for them to know that, you, that we haven't kind of covered?
1: Um, no, I just would say just um, show yourself grace. That's the biggest thing. Um, I try to remind myself of that. Nothing's going to be perfect. Um, show yourself grace. Reach out when you need to. It's, it's good to have those friends, too, who reach out when they notice that you haven't reached out. Because I'll have friends who say, okay, I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on? Are you in the trenches? Are you gagged and tired and locked in the closet? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, don't have so much pride that you're not honest with people about what your needs are and what your challenges are. Seek mental health Mental health help professionally if you need to. That's not a failure. That is one of the, the best things I think that we can do as mothers is to offer, um, not only offer our children, our families, our whole selves, but to make sure that we address everything that we need to so that we're healthy for us and that we can you know show up for ourselves before we show up for anyone else. Um, and to have fun. It won't always be so tough. So just to have some fun while we're at it.
0: Okay. So if there's some moms that want to reach out to you, how can they find you?
1: They can find me. They can email me. I'm, I'm constantly on my email. So my email is Thomas party of six at com. It's really a family of seven, but I've created the email before the last baby. So don't judge me. I'm not changing it. <laughs> Thomas party of six at gmail. Feel free to email me any questions. Um, I'm huge with uh, parent support groups and helping other parents find resources that they may need to. So please reach out to me, I'd love that.
0: And we, we have a blog coming, right?
1: Oh, yeah, we <laughs> we're gonna manifest it. I love when you do that. I'm like, yes, she wants me to do this blog, it's yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it one day, we do.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to share with other moms, and just talking to us about your experience as a mom.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it.
0: Are you a parent feeling overwhelmed and stressed out? Do you need support or someone to talk with about your concerns? If so, look no further. I offer parent coaching, specializing in working with parents of children with disabilities. Let me help you eliminate overwhelm and guide you to your next step. Go to nextstepseducation.com. That's next N-E-X-T, Steps, S-T-E-P-S, Education, E-D-U-C-A-T-I-O-N.com for more information. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Mahogany Moms podcast with me. If you like the podcast, please show your support by sharing it and leaving a review. If you'd like to learn more about us, go to mahoganymomspodcast.com. Until next time.